ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present the Killer Bees. Definitely a fan of the Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique. Live from the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios at the Decoy, here now are the Killer Bees, Jill Blank and Jeremy Branham. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up. Ooh, what up, H-Town? Hey, how we doing? He's Blank, I'm Branham. Uh, Joe George is out here engineering. Brian McDonald is back producing at the Gal Media Estates. It's a little backwards. Last time we had Brian and Joe was away. I'm not sure which one I like better. But we are broadcasting live from the Decoy in Spring Branch. It's a beautiful day. Uh, We're right by the sand of the sand volleyball courts. I can smell the sand. I can touch the sand if I wanted to. Joe could take off his shoe, please don't, and put his toes right into the sand. Uh, It's a beautiful day. Swing on by. Come hang out with us at the Decoy. Take advantage of some happy hour specials. Uh, It's beautiful out. Huge, giant television. They're watching soccer. I'm sure Andrew Carlson really enjoyed that. You can hang out inside if you you have allergies or whatever. Uh, But it's a great spot to ditch work a little bit early and come hang out with us at the Decoy in Spring Branch. Of course, we'll be here till 6. Can't make it today? Well, this is your spot to watch some boxing. Never a cover. Your spot to watch some UFC. Never a cover. Your spot to watch some college football bowl games. Not that I partake in anything like that. Uh, also, your your spot to watch some NFL football. How you guys doing? Good? Everybody good? Hanging in there. What does sand smell like? It smells like sand. Sand doesn't have a smell. It's a very distinct smell. It, it, it does have a smell. I think if it has a smell if you're like near fishy water. Look, pick pick up a little bit of sand, put no it in chance. your palm of your hand, and then put it really close to your nose. I won't push your hand yeah, in your no nose at all. No chance that's And you happening. will understand what it's what it smells like. Joe might give that one a go, but that ain't happening with me. You might understand what it smells like. It was great to hear Josh Beard back from his concussion. Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't tell anything out of the ordinary. Like He was incoherent at times. He forgot things he was saying at times. He had bad takes at times. I think he passed the baseline testing. I think he's fine. I think he's cleared concussion protocol. That's I good. questioned him. He said he, he, st- he had, obviously had dark glasses on, and he said his head still hurts. He walked me through the, the blow, blow by blow of what happened. And I also found out, and I don't know where you're out on this, but, you know, we talk about the crown of the helmet with concussions and the way concussions happen back of the head, front of the head. Actually, he hit the side wall with the side of his head, and that is what gave him the concussion. Oh, really? Yeah. So he like hit him like in the temple. So like no, like more like just the whole side of his dome piece. After he said he tried to brace his fall with the rail, which gave way. Um, I don't know anything about concussions and dome pieces and heads. Uh, C.J. Stroud is out again. It looks like uh, reported yesterday. Aaron Wilson had it first. Our guy D.J. Enemy uh, also talked about it. That uh, C.J. Stroud's unlikely to play on Sunday. Uh, we were we were looking at the clues yesterday. It's not that the, the fact that Stroud's in the concussion protocol is not what catches my attention. He should still be in the concussion protocol if you're not going to play in a football game Sunday. What caught my attention is the symptoms because you could be symptom free and still be in the concussion protocol. You could be symptom free and still need to pass phase four or phase five. The fact that he still has symptoms is something that I was like, uh oh, this ain't great. They claimed that dude that the Patriots uh, claimed, and they didn't get the claim on him because the Patriots had better waiver priority. Okay, that's interesting. Texans are trying to bring in a quarterback. Then they signed O'Doyle rules to the practice squad. Oh, they did bring a quarterback onto their roster, not the 53, but the practice squad. And then we get the news yesterday that Stroud is unlikely to play. Reports are 
that he's unlikely to play. What is your concern level about C.J. Stroud's dome piece, his head, uh, his melon, what's going on between the ears? 713-780-ESPN, the HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. Where is your concern level on this, Blankers? Uh, I'm I'm a bit concerned, but because of the fact that they're not trying to do anything stupid, he's not trying to do anything stupid by rushing back, and it seems to me that they're taking this with with baby steps the right way. I feel better about it, but... Let's let's just be clear and honest about what we've talked about and seen over the last several weeks. He's taken a lot of shots to the head, and and that is something that those hits add up, as we have seen throughout the history of this league with quarterbacks and a lot of other players. You don't want this situation to lead to a lingering situation for the rest of his career. So they are handling it the right way, and that's the only way I think that they should consider going forward handling it because I understand the playoffs would be a great achievement this year and that everybody is targeting that, and that's obviously what everybody wants. But you don't want the playoffs, and then the payoff is on the negative side that he's going to be having concussion issues the rest of his career. So the fact that he's had kind of a rough season, the, 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 the patchwork offensive line hasn't always held up, and recently they've been pretty bad. Uh, and he's taking some blows, I'm fine with them taking this slow. Yeah, see, I- I'm going to nitpick you here a little bit, not that I would ever do that. What choice do they have? Like, wh- what do you mean they're taking it slow? Like, this isn't – they're not pressing the accelerator here. They're not controlling the pace of this. Well, but we don't know exactly what he's not passing, and they're never going to reveal that to us. Right. If it's, if, it's that, if, if it's like he still has headaches and things physically, that's one thing. If it's – if it's the – if it's uh, – his ability to do athletic things, I get it. But if it's just like, there's, I mean, I'm trying to think of the right of all the different protocol. I'm thinking of the fact that if they get to a point like the conversations we've had on this show, uh-huh. where at a certain point we said throughout the course of this week, it's early. By the end of the week, in most cases, guys end up passing the protocol. But I don't want to rush him back. So I guess I'm more focused on the fact that I'm assuming that at a certain point he's going to clear protocol probably by the end of the week. And maybe even up to Saturday, because they have that they have all the time that they need. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and so I just don't want them to get into a situation where oh he's cleared, but you have some concerns, and we're going to still throw him out there. Yeah, if he's like barely clears before Sunday, or he finds that you know he passes that fifth step on the, the you know the fifth phase of the concussion protocol, and he makes it on a Saturday and then plays on a Sunday. Um, now, the, the, the part that I was talking about is that you can't really, like, you're not controlling his symptoms. Like, he, his symptoms are his symptoms. And the Texans don't really have a say on, like, if he's having a headache, uh, if he's seeing fuzzy lights. You know, I don't think they have a Joe George over there that, you know, is just allowing anybody to say that they have a concussion. Like, I think it's legit. The My concern level is at a 10. Like, if we're looking at this on a, on a scale of 1 to 10, my concern level is through the roof. I am pressing the alarm button. I am terrified. I am frantic. This is not very good at all. And, and the biggest reason because of that is because it's C.J. Stroud. He's your franchise quarterback. If he had a hangnail on his left pinky, I would be pressing the alarm button. I care very much about everything that happens to C.J. Stroud. Why? Because that's how important C.J. Stroud is. Look at this franchise, where it's been the last three years. Look where it is now. Look what the we know what we're saying about C.J. Stroud, what people are saying about C.J. Stroud. We talked yesterday about Case Keenum saying that he's a generational talent. He thinks he's going to be one of the best of all time. He is the best rookie. He was in the MVP conversation as a rookie. The only rookie that has done that in NFL history is Jim Brown. Like, we're talking about a player. I'm not going to call him a generational talent yet. He needs to, you know, put in the, you know, earn that. He's got to earn that. 
But he does have the makings of that. He is showing the signs of being one of the top quarterbacks in this generation. He is showing the makings that if you have C.J. Stroud as your quarterback, you could be a Super Bowl contender. So I am deeply concerned about every single thing that is happening to C.J. Stroud, whether it's a whether it's a hangnail on his pinky, whether it's a slightly sprained ankle. But the biggest of all is concerns with your brain and your head in a violent sport like football. And I'm not going to say, like a lot of people are saying uh, on Twitter, because I posted some videos today of other times that C.J. Stroud's been hit this year. C.J. Stroud's been diagnosed with one concussion. That's all we know. That's all, And that's all that we're going to say that C.J. Stroud has had. C.J. Stroud has had one concussion this year. But he has had other blows to the head. He's had another instance where he got sent off by a referee because he was a little bit wobbly. There's some you know, debate on why he's wobbly. I think he got hit in the head. Am I going to say he was concussed? I can't say that he was concussed. I can't just make that up. Is it plausible? Yeah, it's plausible. So we know that he got a concussion in the, in the game against um, the Jets at MetLife Stadium. His head pounding into the turf. The week prior is the game where he came off whenever he ran the quarterback sneak, which stopped running quarterback sneaks. That's whenever he got hit in the pile. It's tough to tell because there's a massive humanity. You don't know, like, what happened. But he got wobbly, and he was wobbly even after he got sent off by the ref, and he's touching his helmet. Two weeks prior to that, against Arizona on a corner blitz, and I think the pressure actually came from the middle, he got pounded on the on the turf at NRG Stadium, the same way that it looked like at MetLife Stadium. So we know that Stroud has, take, has taken repeated blows to the head. He's had a concussion. He's been sent off the field because the referee thought he was wobbly. I'm deeply concerned about C.J. Stroud, Stroud's domes. Deeply concerned. Yeah, no, everybody should be because, you know, we entered the season trying to figure out what C.J. Stroud was going to be. Once you figured out very quickly that he was going to be more than just a first-round pick you were hoping to turn into something and that he legitimately was going to be your franchise quarterback, you start taking things a lot differently and you start treating the situations a lot more delicately. And then the fact that whether he was diagnosed every time with a concussion or not, he's taken a lot of, he's taken a lot of abuse and, and a lot of that to the head. You can't afford to screw with this situation. This isn't like trying to get an extra offensive lineman in there or one of your backups or one of your guys at a different position. This is the most important position on the field, and this is a guy, you know, for the foreseeable future is going to be that guy for you for the next five to seven years and hopefully longer than that. You just can't take any risks or chances. I understand the playoffs are right there in your grasp. You, still, you still have the ability to make the playoffs if you lose this game Sunday. But what would you rather do, lose to the Browns or lose your quarterback or the chance to have him as healthy as can be going forward for the foreseeable future? I'll take the loss to the Browns. Yeah, I, I mean, for sure. I mean, C.J. Stroud is the franchise. Like, as C.J. Stroud goes for the next 10 years is how this organization goes. And I'm, I, I, that's why I'm so worried about his head. Like, he is, a, he is the franchise for as long as he's here. Yeah, I mean, we even, like, when we did our top 10 quarterback list in the offseason, we spent a lot of time after, you know, acknowledging that Tua was not on the top 10. And part of the reason why was because you couldn't trust him anymore. Because, like, we looked at what happened to Tua last year, and you're like, well, when's he going to miss next, his next game? When he's going to miss his next three, four games? He might have retired. So, like, of course, there's reason to be concerned. The only thing that gives me a little bit of hope is that D'Amico was asked today at his press conference if this could keep CJ out for the season, and in his response, he laughed. Uh, let's play that, because I heard that much differently. Like, I heard it huh. much differently. Like, it was Stutes that asked the question. Stutes asked, is there any fear that, that D'Amico Ryan's, or I'm sorry, is there any fear that C.J. Stroud's concussion injury can cost him the season? Here was D'Amico Ryan's answer to that. Oh, why you say that? Oh, don't, don't shock me like that, man. No. <laughs> no, wow. Uh, no, it's just we're going through the protocol, and each each person, each concussion, right, is different. So each person 
it takes a different amount of time for each person to heal, just like with anything else. So he's just going through the protocol just like everyone else has throughout whenever they've been in the concussion protocol. And, you know, we just, at the end of the day, like I said last week, and it still stands today, like the most important thing is making sure CJ is healthy. And when he's ready to go, he'll be ready to go. I'll let you guys know. All right, Blankers, Joe heard a laugh. I heard an uncomfortable laugh and a man who didn't say no. I heard a guy that thought he might have missed something before he took the podium with the internal guys about why you say that. Like, I heard a guy that was like, wait a minute, you know, what would what would bring you to ask that question? But then I heard a guy that was being rational and siding on the precautionary side that I want him to be on, and, and hopefully nothing more than that. Hmm. Didn't say no. I, I, I guess, and I hear, I think... Blank might be onto something there because it does kind of sound like he's like, wait, did I miss some kind of breaking news or some kind of report that think he's out for the season? But I still view it as like a like it's guys like it's not it's not that serious yet. What do you mean it's not serious? Well, like it's a concussion injury that's going to cost him to miss at least two no, games. No, but like season long versus two games is a big, 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 big difference. A head injury that forces you to miss two games is serious. No, for sure. The length of the severity, I see your point. Like, if it's Tua last, the second concussion, and he misses the rest of the year, which he missed, what, the last eight-ish games? Yeah. Versus his first concussion where he didn't miss one? Like, I understand the point on that. But maybe Shroud, this was his second concussion. And again, I'm not saying he had one. I'm not saying he had one in the Denver game. But I'm saying it's plausible when a referee says you have to go off the field because I think you have a concussion. That means it's on the table. That means it is possible. Yeah, and I was I did not really go with that theory at first, but now that we're in week two where he it's all being reported, like you guys said, that he's going to miss another game. I kind of look back to the Denver game and be like, okay, like yeah, he probably did in that moment. And the reason why I said what I did at the start of it is because it's, this wouldn't be the first time that a coach goes and takes the podium and whether the PR staff neglected to tell him something or the medical staff or somebody didn't give him all the information and the last thing that they want to do is go out and put themselves out there without ha- not without having all the intel. And that's happened before and we we've, we've had discussions about that with other teams. That would be my first reaction would be he'd be like, "Wait a minute. Like in case, did I miss something?" Yeah. But I think after that, it, I think we're all on the same page that this is a serious injury sure. that could be more serious if it's not treated the right way now. Because when the, we, we've seen the numbers and the data, when you've had multiples and they stack up in the, and especially when the multiples stack up in the first, in, in any a season in a small window of time, right? The chances to get another one increase. See, I don't think that's the conversation. Like I, I, all of us are saying that the Texans are treating this the right way. Like there's, and I, I don't think the Texans have misplayed a single thing here. Uh, even if they, if he did have a concussion against Denver, not saying it happened, just saying it's plausible. I don't think the Texans did anything wrong. I, I think that they. They were fooled by Stroud and the competitive nature that a football, a football player wanted to stay in the game. Like, Tua fooled Miami last year. Like, T.J. Watt fooled the, the, fooled the Steelers a couple of weeks ago. I've seen hundreds of concussions in my years on the football sidelines that do plays through. And then I hear the next day that they're, on, they're in concussion protocol. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. I think the conversation, though, is what is your level of fear for Stroud and is the severity greater than what we thought after he just missed one game? Now if he's missing two, how high does that level of concern grow, and is the severity higher as well? 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. We'll get your thoughts on that. We're on the Twitch, at least we're in the chat, twitch.tv slash ESPN975, because we're broadcasting live from the Decoy and Spring Branch. Great spot on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon in 
Houston. Uh, Pac-Man Joel on Twitter. He's at Joe George Radio on Twitter. I'm at Jeremy Branham. Busy show. Uh, weird. Uh, why, the t- uh, why the face Wednesday? Joe makes weird faces on Wednesday. We'll also start our Bad Take Boulevard tournament. Next five shows, we'll be, co- we'll be crowning a Bad Take Boulevard champion. The worst take of the year. Uh, but this level of concern that you have for C.J. Stroud in this concussion, where is it at for you? 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 on Twitch. We control the spice. The worm is the spice. The spice is the worm. to the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, live at the Decoy, and your favorite drive-time sports talk, the Killer Bees. Here they are, Joel and Jeremy. Hey, that's us. That's us. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. We are broadcasting live at the Decoy in Spring Branch, right next to the great smell of the sand volleyball court. We'd love for you to join us. Great spot to have a drink. The vibes are outstanding here at the decoy in Spring Branch. So what's your concern level for C.J. Stroud Dome Piece? 713-780-ESPN. Mike Florio stole my content. I am a content creator. Uh, He posted a story today. Did C.J. Stroud suffer undiagnosed concussion against Broncos in which he cites my video as evidence? Blankers just took off his glasses. He's disgusted that Florio is using me as uh, evidence in this story. Um, Florio brings up the point, too, about Ataxia. I think I'm pronouncing that right. I don't know. I didn't go to med school. Uh, where they added this whenever Tua got hurt last year. This wasn't in the concussion protocol. This wasn't in the return to play protocol a year ago, but they added it for Tua. It's basically the Tua rule. Remember when Tua got hit? He showed signs of his body, like not supporting his weight. He was stumbling around like somebody just punched Mike, like Mike Tyson punched him. It's called ataxia whenever that happens. They added that to the return to play process, and they said that, you know, Tua should not have returned to play because of the ataxia. Florio's claiming that in the Denver game, not the game where C.J. Stroud had a concussion, that he was showing signs of ataxia, which is not being able to support like your body functions. Would you would you say that's fair? I think it's fair to at least question whether or consider that as being a factor because if you look at, I think it was the aerial shot, kind of from above above a little bit, you can see him stumble. You can see him look like he's not uh, he doesn't have his full wits about him. So yes, it would be very very rational to be able to say. That might be something where he that was a serious blow. It's a really weird like it's weird language to use in your return to play protocol because it's the loss of fully it's the loss of full control of bodily movements. That that's what a taxi is. It looked to me like Stroud had that a little bit, whether it was getting the wind knocked out or whether he lost his con- like consciousness for a moment in the Denver game. Certainly happened with Tua. Like to me, it's kind of a gray area though, and it's super broad. Like, how do you define it? Is it only for whenever you get hit in the head, or what about if you like sprain an ankle and you're like wobbly on your ankle? So it's very tough to diagnose. I think. What was the definition again? Because it's you- uh, the loss of full control of bodily movements. So full control yeah. are, is the are the key words because of the fact that. You can get the wind knocked out of you, and you can your equilibrium can be not a little off. You can get your bell rung, as they say, and you can get your equilibrium not. But full control means you probably can't stand because you lose the function of your legs, and that you go straight down. So it's a wobble. No, well, it's so that's Tua. what I'm saying. You you still have enough bodily. Mo- you didn't lose full control because you maintained standing upright, okay. standing. I think the focus on two of though was his hands. Remember when he got hit yeah, the he second time? His hands, like, froze. I thought that was the second concussion. I think it was the second one, So the the ataxia, though, was put in because he returned to play in the first one. 
because he did that. It was like a claw. He the did first like, one was the back. Remember, people were like, oh, his back claw. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, oh, they said it was a back injury, too, yeah, after. They, exactly. Like, they, they totally faked so all of us. The right. second one was the one where he did the claw yeah. and his hand started and, shaking. And he was toast after Yeah, that. you knew that. I mean, that was serious. Yeah, but the first one was the back one, which looked bad, too. Like, remember, he stumbled to a knee. Mm-hmm. Remember, he stumbled to a knee, but they're like, oh, it's back. He's fine. He can come back. And then he got the concussion two weeks ago uh, or two weeks later, which is the one that, that you mentioned. My other question is, how do you define that? Like, what if you're laying on the ground? Like, what? Because there was the the bigger because CJ Stroud got hit in the Arizona game, which I guess was about four weeks ago. Now it was two weeks before the Denver game. They went Arizona, sustained this hit that that took him out of the game for a play. Played Jacksonville was fine. Played Denver, quarterback sneak has to come off for a couple of plays. Then played the next week against the Jets, suffered the first diagnosed concussion. There's a hit he takes in the Arizona game that, that forced him to leave for a play where we just watched it during the commercial where it's about a 9-10 second count. He's on the ground. Is that that he kind of does the dog crawl? Uh, I think he kind of does a roll. Okay, I thought that he tried to stabilize himself with, like uh, with on his knees and his oh, hands. Oh, he does, he does yeah, come yeah, kind of a dog right. crawl yeah. and then gathers himself. And then when I think he, you know the clouds kind of clear in his head, that's when he decides to Is get up. Is that ataxia? But see, that's what I don't understand because even the, the play you know in the Denver game, it's how do you tell the difference between a player is stumbling for a concussion and when literally they just stand up and look I know they're professional athletes but they miss a step and they kind of wobble standing up like we've all been there yeah you don't stand up clean every time and they're making this determination to take him off the field based on how cleanly he stands up on the field in that moment, the Arizona game, he's on the ground for almost 10 seconds. Yeah, just, I mean, he would have been knocked out if it was a boxing fight. He came yeah. out of the Arizona game one for play. One, one yeah. play. Because I was going to say, it's not a perfect science by any means, right? But, Joe, to your point, it, it depends. Like, if it's a quarterback sack, and we're concentrating on the fact that he took it pretty much in the upper body, but on the way down, maybe we didn't catch right away, he got his calf or leg stepped on or something happened, and you get up and you wobble. It's still the obligation of the officials and whoever the guy up in the booth is to say go check him out immediately because yeah. he's got to come out. Yeah, you got to be you got to be safe. Yeah. Like you might you have to if it means you miss three plays, you have to miss three plays because that, that's just too important. 3780 is it loss of full control or full loss of control? There's a big difference. I'm having a concussion just having this conversation. The definition for ataxia. And if you show ataxia, you're not supposed to play the rest of the game. Like that's oh. the rule. Like if you show any signs of ataxia, you cannot return to play. Look it, at Jimmy you're, Ward. You're done. Look at Jimmy Ward. That was it because Jimmy Ward showed, showed it the minute that he tried to, the minute he he got done off the hit. You, you look at him and you, I immediately said to myself, he's done. Yeah. He's done. So the, the definition is the loss of full control of bodily movements. I'm not smart enough to have this conversation, uh, but that's just what it means. A uh, one five nine one. I'm not too concerned. I almost think it might be more of a business decision by the Texans by not putting him in harm's way in a week. You know he might get hit at least once by Miles Garrett. I know where you're coming from there because the Browns have the number one defense in the NFL. Miles Garrett. It's a beast, but they're not forcing C.J. Stroud to continue to have symptoms. Like, that's the thing. Like, he still is showing symptoms with a concussion that has now happened over a week ago. The Texans are like, hey, C.J., let's let's roll those symptoms into the next week because it would be much better if C.J. Stroud didn't have symptoms. He's passed the protocol, and then the Texans can be like, you know what? We're just going to hold you out one more week to be safe. But you don't pass the protocol and you're showing symptoms? That has nothing to do with the team. No, and see, the thing is, is I just disagree with what the texter said because of the fact that it has nothing to do with a business decision from the standpoint of the Browns and Miles Garrett. It has everything to do with the fact that you don't want a guy that ends up by getting his bell rung too many times. 
and the other way that I look at this is I know that every time after you separate your shoulder for the first time, they said unless you have it surgically repaired, the chances are greater every single time you're gonna it's gonna come out of place again. It's gonna keep happening. Well, it's the same thing with concussions. There's no surgery to fix it, so therefore it's gonna stay with you for maybe your whole career, maybe a, a you know several years or a longer period of time. If it happens in a short period of time and it's repetitious. You have to avoid that. This is his rookie season. You don't take chances like that no matter where you're sitting in the playoff push or anything that's sitting in front of you for this season because there's so much more that's greater sitting in front of you for the next five, six, seven years. I get that point, but the Texans have not been forced in that decision yet. Like not it, yet. It's not there. It's not for the Texans to gatekeep yet. It's not for the Texans to decide on yet because Stroud's still showing signs of symptoms. I think it's coming, though. I think it's over. coming before before Sunday. But that's probably the fear, though, is that he's still showing signs of symptom more than a week after a single concussion, which begs the question, are the other blows to the head, not calling them concussions, Denver, Arizona, are they adding up? Because once you have that blow to the head, they get worse as they continue to yep. progress, and you're more likely to get them and have them the sooner you are from the previous event. Uh, how concerned are you, Scarlett? One to ten. Danny says absolutely a ten. Uh, three and a half says uh, Jr. He hit his head pretty hard. It's also a good sign that D'Amico really cares about his players and won't rush them back. Again, it's not the Texans' decision yet. Uh, DJ says a twelve. That's higher than the chart goes. My concern isn't that high. Take the two weeks off and get yourself right. Concussions are no joke. That's kind of a contradiction. My yep. concern isn't that high, but concussions are no joke. Uh, short-term, 10. Long-term, 5. Right now, about a 5. Uh, like a 3 at most. Concussions are different for everyone, no different than a virus. Some people's symptoms last longer than others, and with them knowing what he is to this franchise, there's no need to put him out there unless if he's less than 100%. Again, the Texans aren't making the decision yet. This is out of the Texans' hands until he passes the protocol, and he can't pass the protocol as he's showing symptoms. The Texans have nothing to do with this at the moment. But I think that, by, like I said, by Sunday, what do you guys feel? I feel like by Sunday, I think by Saturday, it's going to be in their hands. If I, it's not, that's a terrible yeah. fear. But now, like now you're talking... You're talking nearly two weeks from your previous concussion where you're still showing signs? That's dangerous. I mean, it is, like, but I think at the latest by Saturday, but I think it's going to be in their hands before Sunday. I, I hope so. Like I would rather be having this conversation on Friday or on Saturday, you know, through text and tweets about, you know, what should the Texans do than just him being out for another week and then having to roll this conversation again in the next week. And to the point that, like, concussions are different, I mean, look at just the two players who are concussed on this team right now. C.J. Stroud hasn't even been seen at practice. Jimmy Ward was at practice today. Like Jimmy Ward was at practice. He wasn't today, practising, but he was, he was there. there watching yeah. the defensive backs. CJ Stroud hasn't even been there for that point yet. But, but guys, let's also let, let's just when we I'm, look I'm at, at a ten, man. Yeah, but when we look at this, this is exactly what we've been talking about. It's the fact that whether they were diagnosed or not. I keep saying if he has a, a lot of them in a small window of time and you keep throwing them out there and he gets more, it's, there's more likelihood for the long term. And, and Jeremy's illustrating the point that, look, whether he was diagnosed or not, he took three pretty significant blows to the to the melon. Regardless, you don't take chances at this point with your franchise quarterback, obviously with any player, but with a, with a guy that's this valuable, that has this much magnitude, what he means to your franchise, you just can't. Again, it's not their decision yet. But if it is, but if it is, don't if it is, don't you feel like they're gonna have they're gonna have to step up and be the the strongest voice in the room and say, look, man, we can't put you out there this. Maybe, week. I mean, maybe that's what they already did by saying that you know it's gonna be Case Keenum. At least they haven't said that, but reports are it's gonna be Case, and maybe that's their preventative way. I don't know, but the fact that symptoms are still lingering and they've already made that decision it's kind of scary to me. And again, I'm gonna I'm gonna ten when it comes to how fearful I am of this. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. I love this song. Seven one three seven eight 
780-3776. Would you have traded a C.J. Stroud-Deshaun Watson matchup for a Case Keenum-Joe Flacco game? Hang on, there's more. With the stakes that it has, would you have traded the storyline of Stroud-Watson for what you're going to get on Sunday with Case versus Flacco with the stakes that this game has on Sunday? 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Peter Patter. It's a hard life picking stones and pulling teats, but sure as God's got sandals, it beats fighting dudes with treasure trails. Killer Bees have relocated their hive. It's at the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, which is currently located at the decoy. Let's join the boys, Joel Blank and Jeremy Brenham. Great spot. Great spot to uh, enjoy a little Wednesday afternoon. They have happy hour specials until 7. Modelo, Fireball, little House Wine, some Tito's action. Take advantage of their daily happy hours weekdays until 7. They have specialty uh, daily specials as well. Today is the Western Wednesday. We get $2 off of whiskey cocktails and specialty shots. So that sounds like a lot of fun. A great spot for your... Um, your private events, you know, maybe too early for Christmas, but maybe not. Maybe they get the last second uh, things you want to book and plan. Uh, this is a good spot for corporate events, birthday parties, happy hours for your work, uh, networking events. It is open, too, if you're lonely on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Don't be lonely. Come here to the decoy. They'll be open on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. 713-780-ESPN-4106. We get it. It's not in the Texans' hands. No need to echo yourself. We all know that you love the sound of your own voice, Branham. Uh, it'd be it'd be weird though to do radio and not talk. Um, and actually, don't like the sound of my own voice. I'm but have you. to talk in radio, you know. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Would you have traded the quarterback matchup we were expecting to see? C.J. Stroud, Deshaun Watson. Let's let me let's get rid of the injuries for a moment. I know we spent a lot of time talking about the concussion Stroud. We don't want to play them, get it, you know, be safe, all that stuff. But would you have traded the start of the season? Let's say, would you have traded the matchup? of C.J. Stroud and Deshaun Watson. Trade that in for a matchup of Case Keenum and Joe Flacco, but the stakes that you currently have, where this is this is serious playoff ramifications for both teams. Uh, the Browns are currently a game, of head, a game ahead of you in the NFL standings. It has serious playoff implications. Browns are 9-5. and five. Houston Texans are 8-6. and six. Start of the year, would you have traded a healthy C.J. Stroud-Deshaun Watson matchup for a, for a Case Keenum, go Kooks, uh, Joe Flacco matchup that had the ramifications that it does on Sunday. I would because we've already been through the, the the Deshaun tour coming back to Houston for the first time because of the fact that, in my personal opinion, I didn't see this coming for this team. And if you'd have told me that with me having the low expectations of a team that I predicted to win four games, being in a situation to be on the cusp of either winning the division or trying to solidify a playoff spot, then I'll take that 10 out of 10 because – that's the most important thing. That's what everybody would be truly dialed in on. If this was the first time Deshaun came back, maybe that had a little more meaning for that game. But if that was just a game, but because it was those two guys playing, okay, you got bragging rights. You got rid of Deshaun, and hey, Deshaun, look at this. We got a franchise quarterback for the foreseeable future. That's a badass. You know, suck it. Well, now instead, you're talking about big picture, a lot more valuable um, ramifications. And I would take that matchup simply because of the fact from a franchise perspective, you're sitting in a better position to do a lot more than just get one up on Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I don't really care so much about team uh, individual accolade. I mean, I'm more of a team guy. Like, 
certainly you have your favorite players and you wish them all well, and storylines are fun, great quarterback matchups are fun, but I will trade in individual stuff every single time. Every time, unanimous, every single time for team stuff, for team success. So, yeah, I, I would absolutely trade in the dynamic, entertaining, storyline, sexy, you know, the, the billing on the marquee, Stroud versus Watson, for what you have. Texans-Browns, yeah, it's going to be a, an ugly game. It's going to be very similar to the Titans game. You're going to have Case Keenum go Cougs, the greatest quarterback statistically in college football history, versus Joe Flacco, who was not on a team a month ago. That was the Oilers game, by the way. Yeah, it was the Oilers game. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think. Sorry, Joe, real quick, but I think that's exactly what we just got done seeing. You can do the marketing overhype and the one game. Hey, look at this Oilers Texans, and look at we're getting ready to do to you, or it's the story because of you're playing the Texans, or Deshaun's coming back to Houston. But the bigger storyline is your organization's going somewhere, and the team that you just shut down their marketing, you know, click clickbait week is going home. Yeah, I also like the big difference too between you know Texans Oilers. Versus Watson Stroud is that you know CJ Stroud before the draft like talked glowingly about Deshaun Watson, so it's not like you even have people on the Texans roster that are going to say that they want to crush Deshaun Watson. They didn't like Deshaun Watson. He's still liked by the three or four guys that were on the. They team. got the same agent. Yeah, they have the same agent, and plus, there's a reasonable chance that you're going to play them next year anyways. So like you play the you play you know your same division finisher from the AFC West. So if you both finish third next year. You'll, this year, you'll play the Browns next year anyway, so I'm fine. This is way better. Even though it's Keenan Flacco, I can't believe we're getting that. Titus Howard uh, is, one of the, is a big defender of, of uh, Deshaun. Yeah. The last time yeah. that Titus was defending uh, Deshaun was when Deshaun was up in the suite and Joe Burrow was on the sideline helping Jake Browning, and Deshaun was like, you know, in the suite on his phone with his girlfriend who for some reason stayed with him through all the sexual predator stuff that went on in Houston. And Titus is like, you guys are getting on to him for all the wrong reasons. You shouldn't be getting on to oh. Sean. And everybody's like, uh, I mean, one guy's a leader and helping his teammates at all costs, and the yeah. other guy's in a suite that belongs to the owner. That's you know why the reason I boycott Flying J is because he employs the Deshaun Watson on his team. I think also when you think about it, what is the quarterback that we just saw it for, for Christmas with a lot of quarterbacks? The quarterbacks go out of their way to take care of the offensive line. So if you're Titus Howard and you're new in the league and whether he's looking out for you with the playbook or the offense or other things, you know the quarterbacks normally take care of the offensive linemen pretty well. So, okay, you know, you got a personal relationship. He's your friend. He's probably taking care of you a few times. So, you know, you're going to stick up for your friend. So be it. That's fine. But it's, it's a bush move to be in a suite watching a game with your, with your chick instead of being there to support your teammates, whether you're trying to help the quarterback or just being there to support your teammates. Yeah, and the other thing about Deshaun Watson for me, like that whole storyline, whether they play next year or just down the road, until he's playing good football, he's kind of ruined the story. I disagree. Like, I feel like he's so bad that, like, I don't really care. Oh, but a lot of people again. care because know, of the fact that it was know, off the field. I know, but, like, he's not good. Like, yeah, he, yeah, but the Browns are. I mean, the Browns that's, are. That's like, true. It's, a, it's, a, it's an AFC playoff ramification game going up against a quarterback that you don't like. Like, to me, it absolutely is storyline and buzz. And uh, to me, it doesn't matter nearly as much if he's playing good or bad. Like, the the, individ, the team success, I think, is what matters, and that it's a playoff ramification game against somebody that you hate matters. Look at the Oilers, like the Oilers last week. The Oilers aren't a good football team, but that one mattered a lot to the fan base because they were wearing Oilers uniforms. So, you know, I, I don't know how much success matters whenever you're trying to beat up somebody that you don't like a whole lot. That's fair. That's fair. I just I, I just view it so differently because Deshaun was only here for, what, four years? 
And it's just like, and we've already, like Joel said, like we've already seen it happen one time. He's not playing good football. Like the, like the Oilers thing's not, is it going to matter to you guys next year? No, I'm done. Because they'll do it again, right? I would assume so. Like they'll probably, when Houston Houston goes there, they'll probably wear him again. Like it just won't matter as much. Owners that have the power to do those kind of things, they're going to make sure they continue to do those. It's like the first time it matters, the second time this, the, the, the pageantry of whatever it is. The shine wears off. It's a little, it's less. And, And the more it happens, the less it means to anybody. But to Jeremy's point, there is some closure involved. But I think with Deshaun, because of the fact that people were so overwhelmingly supportive of him during his time in Houston, because they all believed he was the franchise, yeah, and then they all realized they got bamboozled. I think there's still a lot of people that want to shout things at him and and you know show that we've got a better quarterback now in our opinion. But yeah, I don't think it's got the same luster as it did the first time he comes back. I don't. I don't think it'll ever go away. Like look at the Astro fans that booed Carlos Beltran. Like that never went away, no matter what team he was on, until he came back to the Astros. That's true. The booing won't go away, but the magnitude sure. of like that—that's like the first time. Yeah, yeah. Now playoff ramifications can elevate it, magnify it. Uh, other, you know, I guess thing variables that could help uh, the, the the algorithm out. I guess eight seven five five. No, I would not. As a Texans fan, you need to protect your young quarterback. Desperately wanting a quarterback. For the next 15 years, uh, 9457, uh, it is fun to show off your hot new girlfriend of the ex that just dumped you. It's a weird way to relate Deshaun Watson with C.J. Stroud. Uh, 3780, there are 100% good reasons to dislike Deshaun Watson, but that thing about him being in the suite is so ridiculous, the Browns mandated that he be off the sideline due to the nature of his injury and recent surgery. Okay, okay it's a bad take for the Browns then. You yeah. really believe that? I don't and believe And it was that. his shoulder. Come on. Like, it's, not like he, it's not like it's a broken leg and he can't move out of the way. It's his shoulder, and you're going to be on the bench with the quarterbacks. Or it's a home game and you have a concussion and they don't want you in harm's way or with, the, you know – Right there, sure. and all that. Then I can understand being a safe, a safe haven in a suite where nothing's going to happen to you. But if it's shoulder surgery, whether you're in a sling or not, like Burrow was in a sling, was he not? And I'm he was on sure the sidelines. So there you go. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not buying that. And, and here's the other thing: you think if the, the Haslam's, if Deshaun was like, you know what, man, I, I understand that you don't want me down on the field because of my health, but I got my legs, I can still get out of the way. I'm going to stay with the quarterbacks. I just want to help the team win. The owners are going to tell him no. We've all, no. yeah, we right. All, we've Coaching all seen enough. Is not going to tell him yeah. no. We, yeah, right. We've all seen enough that Deshaun Watson tweeting rap lyrics and being a coward and not actually talking to the media. We like this screams. Deshaun Watson says, "I don't want to be down there." And then they go, "Well, we better come up with a good story, or you're going to look like a worse leader than you probably are." It's after are. the fact, exactly. right? Like, it's it's like it's uh, emergency ass. emergency yeah. CYA. Yeah, big time. After you've been embarrassed, because when you think about it and you look at it and you analyze everything Deshaun has done since he got that contract. He's making business decisions left and right because his heart ain't in it. He knows football's his payday, but the same way that he was milking injuries and he wasn't coming back quick and he was taking his time and saying, well, you know, I don't want to rush things and I don't want – until he actually did have an injury to where they just shut him down. It's the same way you just go, yeah, you know, football's here and this team's great and all that. They're paying me a lot of money, but I'm going to just chill up in the suite. I don't need to be in, in the middle of all this. 713-780-ESPN, Killer Bees broadcasting live from the decoy in Spring Branch. Nick Casario. Executive of the year? How likely that is. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.
Guys, I want to tell you, we've seen the per- perfect microcosm of why you need Allstate siding and windows in the last couple of weeks. It was chilly for a while. It got downright cold. Maybe you had to turn your heat on, and you're like, man, I don't want to turn the heat on and then have it escape through the windows. And, and you know, my house just doesn't keep all the, the quality energy in that I need. Well, that's one of the reasons why you look at Allstate siding and windows. But it's siding and windows, so there's two different options to protect your biggest investment, that being your house. The fact is, if you're remodeling, well, you can remodel the inside. But on the outside, if you just put siding on the outside, there's There's no more painting and staining and repairing your home. It's a tough outer shell that protects your entire investment. And it also keeps the energy in. In the summertime, it keeps the air conditioning in. In the wintertime, it keeps the heat in. And they're also one of the reasons why your house is protected when the hurricane season hits Houston. Because the siding is a tough defense mechanism on the outside, like I said, a hard shell. The windows the same way. They're Texas tough. They're made in Texas. And they sustain weather elements here. You can save up to 40% on your energy bills with vinyl windows. Add more to that if you add the siding, too. Don't, don't just take my word for it. Talk to Mary and her staff and go see the people at Allstate Siding and Windows. You can go to AllstateSidingAndWindows.com. Call them right now. They'll come out to you and tell you exactly what they can do. It's 832-204-1936. That's 832-204-1936. AllstateSidingAndWindows.com. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Planet Unicorn Hey, The prettiest shade of pink I've ever seen. And you're back with the Killer Bees inside the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios at the Decoy. Here are the Bees Knees themselves, Joel and Jeremy. And behave. We are broadcasting live, Decoy in Spring Branch. He's blank. I am Branham. Uh, we'll get to the Nick Casario Executive of the Year in three minutes. But 713-780-3776-8755, not wanting to be petty. I didn't see CJ on the sidelines this past game. Is it due to concussion protocols? Yes. Hard yes. That's exactly he why. He can't travel. He can't fly. Yeah, I didn't even I, I didn't even remember that. It was I knew it was on the road, but I didn't yeah, it's a road game. You road. can't take a guy with a concussion, throw him up in altitude and say, Hey, go you know, you can tough it out. Yeah, I mean, Just go get him. I mean, he flew home from New York. I don't. Yeah, I don't know how. Well, but I don't. I think in terms of the recovery process, once everything's been done, I don't think they want him travel flying. Aaron Wilson reported yesterday that Stroud's still dealing with sensitivity to light. Tough. Whereas Jimmy Ward, who was concussed this past Sunday, was at practice today, which was outside in the light. That's that's troubling. That's worrisome. Like read between the lines. This is not good. Well, I don't, and I think it's it's even just clear with the reports that we got from Aaron and DJ that case is starting this weekend. The Texans waited until Friday to let that news get out that Case was going to be the quarterback instead of Davis. If they knew that there was still a chance CJ was going to play, I think they would be keeping everything just hush hush. So I think they already they know their answer. They know that CJ is not going to clear protocol at least in time. Well, he might to where they feel comfortable right. to let him play on Sunday. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I mean, I think they're worried that he still has the symptoms. Yeah, and, and then you know the fact that the fact that they won, I think, does like come into play because now you're not you're not as desperate to beat yeah, Cleveland. You're not chasing. Yep. You still have to get to ten wins, and you still have two games after that to get to ten wins. The fact that he's still showing symptoms, he is the future, et cetera, et cetera. Seven one three seven eight zero ESP. And we we're talking too about uh, Deshaun Watson and Stroud a little bit storyline that's turned into Case Keenum versus Joe Flacco. Uh, Pena's on the HRP listener line. Let's go out there for Pena. Pena, you're in the hive of the bees. What's up? man how's going on guys so hey um yeah i i had got back into the truck and i and i heard y'all talking about deshaun watson and it's uh, just a, a quick question that popped into my head that i want to ask y'all are, are y'all i don't know if frustrated is, frustrated is the right word but 
Um, are y'all a little frustrated or annoyed that that these past two years that we last year we were hot garbage. This year, you know, we're we're pretty decent. We're pretty good. Is it a little frustrating to y'all that we haven't that we can't get some revenge on Deshaun Watson? Him being out, DJ being out. Is, is it a little frustrating to y'all? Thank y'all. Have a great day. I I, I don't I'm, I don't feel any frustration in it at all because I mean. Deshaun's not playing whether CJ plays or not, and whether they win this game or not. I think that what they've done already has given everybody a ton of excitement and encouragement, and you know, optimism for this team going forward. Enough that again, I think after his first visit here, when you wanted revenge in so many ways, and you wanted to see him get his and and take it from the fans, and and hopefully get a victory, even though your team was pretty bad, and we were we were sitting there at the time mortgaging the the, the conversation of going, would it be worth it to you to just get one win against the Browns because it's Deshaun? It's not like that anymore. So no, I don't. I'm not frustrated by him not playing at all. Yeah, I don't spend much time wasting my time on Deshaun Watson. I just, I'm saving it for later. Okay. Like I had a little piece just of looking up. Sorry. Lip. Like I we like just to, like, I like to chew in it a little bit like later. Like we just we wait. We talk. We talked about Deshaun Watson so much in this city for like two years. Like after that first game, I was like, all right, it is what it is. Even then, like it's what it was, was it even Davis Mills versus Deshaun? I can't remember if that was a Driscoll game or not. But like it just, <laughs> we're, I'm at the point now where like that storyline's over. They're just another team. They're just another team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I, I, if I'm a Texans fan, like I, what I'm worried about is the Colts, the Titans, the Jags. Like, you don't worry about their focus. draft pick at all. There's nothing you can really do about it besides win this weekend. But you know what else? It went from revenge, anger venom that you wanted to get back at him to the fact now that you want to laugh and go <laughs> it's your problem not ours you guys look like the idiots that signed him for all that money and he's not playing very well and now he's not playing at all and enjoy that because you know we got bamboozled but we got out of it now you're stuck with him long term for big cash see ya yeah it's so weird that they paid him what they paid him and gave three first round draft yeah, picks like, at the I, same time I, just, I think i just would feel i think most people would feel much different than if he was just playing good football like, you, you mentioned Beltron earlier. You know, Correa's playing pretty good, but, like, there's no bad blood there. Garrett Cole. Like, Garrett Cole's probably the best example. Like, he went somewhere else. He just won a Cy Young. Like, there's still some vitriol there. You still hear people bring up wearing the Scott Boris hat or whatever after they got knocked out of the playoffs. Like, that means more because, like, he's still an elite pitcher and, and could ruin the Astros' season. Deshaun Watson, if he's out there, I think they could beat the Texans with them, but they could – Lose without him as well. Like yeah. it's the defense. It's I think the other thing too is when we always we always had the conversation: is Deshaun still in the top ten? If he was a stop, still a top ten quarterback, and maybe even if CJ was out, this game would mean more if Deshaun's quarterbacking and the Browns are on the on the verge of trying to win the division, and the Texans can stand in their way and, and you know get an improbable win, and, and then you'd look like you were sticking it to Deshaun Watson. But because he's not been very good, he's not playing. And this is all about what this team has achieved this year. I just don't think that this game has even close to the magnitude as it's the first time back. Key from L.A. Uh, I don't know where he got this information. He said C.J. was scheduled to film a commercial yesterday. He couldn't film the commercial because of the bright lights. So you know it's bad. Now, that's just a texture. Key from L.A., we like him. We text us all the time. I, I haven't seen that anywhere, though, so I don't know how valid that is. Uh, Nick Casario has had a really good season. He's went from the hot seat to one of the best executives in the NFL. Uh, so far, 
maybe the executive of the year. NFL.com put the top five candidates for the 23 NFL executive of the year. Their top five, and we've talked about this from time to time, their top five is Casario, Eric DaCosta for the Baltimore Ravens, Chris Greer from Miami, Brad Holmes from Detroit, and Howie Roseman from Philadelphia. Do any of those other four have a case over Nick Casario? Hmm. Brad Holmes does because besides the Texans draft class, the Lions, I mean, Jameer Gibbs is a monster. Yeah, Laporta. Uh, Laporta's a monster. Brian Branch is playing very good. Jack Campbell is a good linebacker. Like, I think it is Casario, but you look at the Lions, those four rookies, plus David Montgomery, like, they have, they added like five or six good pieces this offseason. So that gives them a a slight edge into second place. They were already good, though. That, and that's exactly. my thing. That's like, what I was just going to say. So like yep. coach of the year and executive of the year, I, I like a guy who turns around a really bad team and makes them relevant and makes them good. So like Baltimore, already good. Detroit, already good. Miami missed the playoffs, but already good. Uh, Philadelphia, they were in the Super Bowl last year. Casario turned, and I know that he's had a lot of help, but Casario took a team that won four games last year and built through the draft, built through free agency, some like key free agent acquisitions, not some huge splashes, and has turned them to being on the cusp of the playoffs. So like, uh, Casario would have my vote, it, like easily would have my vote over the other four guys. Mine there. as well, because of exactly which I was thinking about that. And I said the same thing when we were talking about Campbell versus D'Amico. I felt like D'Amico because I thought that they were going to be ass bottom of the league. The fact that he's got them in playoff contention, whether they end up making the playoffs or not, I felt like he earned it because the Lions were one game away from getting in a year ago and everybody's uh, takeaway after that season was they're going to be heard from for a long time to come. They're a really talented team. So I think that Casario is the leader of the clubhouse. Like Howie Roseman, yeah, you know what? For the last couple of years, if you want to just say the roster he's constructed, great job on his part. But, I mean, Jalen Carter, yeah, you took a risk on him, but he fell into your lap, and it's a risk worth taking when you got a really, really good football team, and Carter falls down to where you were drafting when you were just taking a value pick anyway, probably. So I look at that and say, yeah, there are some options, maybe because Baltimore went and added receivers to Lamar Jackson, but, like, Joseph, I mean, they were already good. I think I think that Nick Casario right now, just like D'Amico Ryans, should be the leader in the clubhouse right now for, for executive of the year and coach of the year. Lamont said that uh, Granado said CJ was not available for a commercial shoot today. Oh, then it's definitely a true but story. It's 100% fact. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hadn't realized that Granado said that. So appreciate you passing that along, Lamont. Sensitivity to light. Can't feel the commercial. That's... Yeah. I think I just I would be surprised if it's not Nick Casario because you talk about five guys for the Lions, two or three guys for the Ravens. Like people try to get like I heard someone else I heard a national show having the same conversation. Like they brought up Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith was acquired by the Ravens last year. Right. You don't get credit for that this year. On this year's Texans roster, you have twenty two starters and Nick Casario brought in at least eleven starters this offseason that have impacted this team in a monster way. You're the Ravens. You signed OBJ, and he's underachieved. Yeah, you're if you're Zay the Flowers. Texans and you, look at, and you drafted Zay Flowers, but when you look at it, you hit it right on CJ. You look at the fact that you brought in, just go across the board, all the one-deer deals Wait, Noah that, that you brought in. You brought in a tight end that's been kicking ass. You brought in a linebacker that was basically a backup that's been kicking ass. The guys you brought in, Singletary, kicking ass. Like, you brought in all these guys, and a lot of them weren't, like, highly sought-after big-name free agents, and they've all panned out. I, 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 the Ravens, nice job, and they're a really good football team, but I don't think that's worthy of being a better executive than, than what Nick Casario's done this year. King of Twitch is calling BS. He says, hold up, Casario's responsible for the crap sandwich, and you're giving him credit for fixing it? Yeah, he was tearing it down. It was a rebuild. Jeff Luno did the same thing. He says three coaches in three years? Yeah, that was the bridge. 
David Kelly was supposed to be the bridge, but he couldn't just he couldn't have an incompetent head coach. Didn't anymore. Rick Smith get the credit too because he 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 gave the crap sandwich and screwed it up by Brock Osweiler, but then he fixed it when he traded and got Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I think it was part of the plan. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Rumor is that Jim Crane wants to sell the team. Are we buying that? And is Yonder Diaz a sleeper, like some people are calling him? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, the only sports radio on FM in Houston. Hey. 